The Ducks are in the midst of a six-game losing streak. Is there any hope for these Ducks, and how did we get here? We'll talk about all of that on this edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for well over a decade and covering minor league hockey just as long. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's term of use for details. So we're going to talk about this little losing streak the Ducks are in the midst of and it's been awful but before getting to that um want to offer my sincere apologies um there will be a surprise for those on the video side there will be a bit of a surprise later this week you can probably guess what that is now based on what i've been talking about the last few weeks um but you know the move is finally almost done so i'll be you know revealing that later this week Whew, cannot wait but in the meantime you're getting an audio only episode today just because we got to get something up. You know, I've been gone and moving and busy for the past week for a myriad of reasons. So just wanted to apologize for that. But now, I think now that I'm finally settling in to my new spot, I think we're finally going to be regular again. And I'm more relieved about it. But that's all I'll speak of in that regard. All right. So the Ducks right now have a six-game losing streak. Not as bad as the goals streak that we had before, but almost as bad. It's almost as bad because this one has been against some good teams. Now, mind you, there's been some good teams they've lost you, but they've also lost to some pretty terrible teams. I shouldn't say terrible, but lesser teams that they probably should have beaten. So I think one thing that's messing up the Ducks right now is the lack of Trevor Zegers and Jamie Drysdale. Now, Drysdale has only played a couple of games, so I can't put all of that on Jamie Drysdale. However, in Drysdale's two games, he did, he did get two points. Ducks were better in those two games. So for that, Jamie Drysdale had made a difference when he was on the ice. Trevor Zegers, that's the big one. Trevor Zegers has been out since November 10th. The last time he played was a 2-0 loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins in a very hard-fought game. And Z actually played pretty decently in that game. He's only got one goal and one assist this season. He has been struggling. However, he has been important on the ice. And he has been you know, fairly okay on that line. Plus, he at least provides some kind of depth on the top six. The Ducks are better with Zegris than they are without him. Let me repeat that. The Ducks are still better with Z in the lineup than they're not, okay? He does provide a role, and he does provide some importance. He does get creative with the puck, and he does provide his teammates with good opportunities. And for a while, had a good active stick. So we were seeing some defense from Z as well. He was starting to pick up more of the 200-foot game. And then he went down with injury. Since he's gone down with injury, 
The Ducks have been 2-7. and seven. And those two wins, one was against Nashville, which that one was a solid win. Good team victory. The other win against the Sharks. The Sharks are bad. I don't know if I should even count that. Yes, it was a 4-1 to victory. Yeah, it was a good game for the Ducks. But it's the Sharks. I give that maybe a half a win. So the Ducks are 1.5-7 since Z has gone out with injury. That's a big component to their offense that they're missing. They're missing that kind of creativity. And they're also missing someone that creates a lot of space for his teammates. Especially, you ready for this? On the power play. When Z was out there on the power play, the Ducks were better. Now, he wasn't getting a lot of the points because there were times during the power play where teams would collapse on Z or they would get two men on Z because they know how dangerous he is. He did lead the team in goals last season. But because everyone was covering Z, they were leaving guys like McTavish open, which is overall good for the team. So missing Z, that, that that stings. That really does sting for the Ducks. And I hope he comes back sooner rather than later because they could use some more stability on that top six, something that has been missing all season. Um, another thing that's been bothering the Ducks, I shouldn't say bothering, but really a detriment to the Ducks, has been discipline. The Ducks have not shown any discipline at all this season. In fact, the Ducks as of this recording, have the most penalty minutes in the NHL. They have 292 penalty minutes. Next are the Coyotes with 284, then the Sens with 271. The Ducks are third for the most penalty minutes per game. However, if I had recorded this a couple days ago, the Ducks would have been second in that. But there was a recent game between the Sens and the Panthers where there was about 170 minutes doled out. Every player got a misconduct. It was it was hilarious. But because of that, the Senators' penalty minutes just shot through the roof on that game. I think the Sens got like 80 penalty minutes just by themselves on that game. So because of that one game, the Sens have the highest penalty minutes per game. But the Ducks are right there. They're right there. They're averaging 14 penalty minutes per game. They've taken the most penalties by a long shot. A long shot. They've taken 121 penalties, including 102 minors. They're just finding themselves on the PK over and over and over and over again. And it seems like every game, the Ducks find themselves in the box for half the time. And there are certain teams you cannot do that against. You cannot do that against the Los Angeles Kings where they just got blown out. You especially cannot do that against an Oilers team that while they are struggling, they are still good on the power play. I mean, the game against the Kings, two for the Kings were two for three on the power play. The Oilers, ugh. I mean, yeah, that one was two for six. That was bad. So the Ducks need to get more disciplined and need to do a better job of staying out of the box. There's just too many, and it's not just that there's too many penalties. There's too many bad penalties. 
there's too many penalties that can be avoided and they're not. So the Ducks need to be very careful about that, especially when they're up coming soon uh, later tonight against the Canucks and especially against the Washington Capitals. The Caps still have Alexander Ovechkin on that side. He is still dangerous on the power play, even though he's been down a little bit this season. He is always a threat on the power play. And then two games against Colorado. You especially cannot go on the PK against the Colorado Avalanche. They're way too good on the power play. So something to focus on the next four games. Can the Ducks stay out of the box? All right, we'll talk about the last two games in some more detail after this first intermission. Stay locked in. And now a word from Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Maybe Mason McTavish could score 50 goals. Maybe Strom or Vetrano could score 40 goals. And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports. And especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times, yes, 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. You could see guys, like I said, McTavish, that second line, could help you win big. All you have to do is pick whether guys like that will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, plus, minus, and so on in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on Sleeper, correctly predict the outcome of 8, 8 player stats. You heard me, Ducks fans. You could win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms for use of details and locational availability. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. Let's talk about the last couple of games. I know I could have talked about previous games, but I don't know if I really want to because those were not fun to watch. The Avs 8-2 game, not fun to watch. The Panthers 2-1 game, I talked about that already. Uh, The Blues loss, that one was bad. I haven't really talked about the Habs game all too much. Uh, mainly because I wasn't actually home. I was working a Firebirds game. When I watched it on replay, I said, do, do I really need to watch this? And I decided, yeah, I, I do. I need to see how the Ducks blew this game. <laughs> it, I feel so bad when I say, how did they blow this game? And this was after Mason McTavish had himself a good night. McTavish had three points. He had three points. He was active in all three of those including a nice tipped power play goal and including a great pass to Frank Vetrano, who's got 13 goals this season, by the way. Vetrano is on pace to score more than 40 goals this season. Oh, but of course the Ducks blew it very late in the game on some bad defensive breakdowns. And this was this was the game where I thought the Ducks could have gone to overtime. They really could have. But Alex Newhook scored with about three minutes left. That was the game winner for Montreal Canadiens. Now let's talk about that Kings game. That was bad on a multitude of levels. 
first off, goaltending was eh, it wasn't good. John Gibson just simply did not look good against the Los Angeles Kings, and the Ducks couldn't even get good footing against Cam Talbot, who's having himself a pretty solid season with the Kings so far. The Ducks saw themselves down early thanks to Kevin Fiala, Artie Party, and Quentin Byfield. Once they were down 4 nothing early in the second period, I said, nope, that's it. This, this one's done. <laughs> After only 22 minutes, you're down 4 to nothing and showing absolutely nothing on the offensive end and the defensive end. That's where you gonna got to throw up your hands and say, you know what? This, this one's done. It's done. Now, the Ducks did come back a little bit, but the Kings kind of let up the gas. <laughs> That's really what happened. And the Ducks allowing two power play goals out of three chances. And those were both in the first period, too. This was a time where I said, oh, that's a bad penalty. That's a bad penalty. Yeah, first off, the too many men, that so could have been avoided, and it wasn't. That was an unsmart penalty. The Radko Gudis call. Yeah, that was a bad one, too. It was only after the Ducks had allowed four goals that Sam Carrick got in a fight with um, Andreas England. That was a pretty solid fight. I mean, at least at least that was somewhat good, right? That was kind of fun. But aside from that, not really much to talk about on this game. Just not good all around. It was, it was fine late, but those were garbage time goals. Kalorn finally off the schneid, so congrats to... Kalorn for getting his first of the season. Gudis got his fourth. But again, garbage time goals. You're not going to win with garbage time goals. So the Kings game was bad. Then it went from bad to worse against the Edmonton Oilers. By the way, an Edmonton Oilers team that is second to last in the league in standings right now. And was was in the midst of just a lot of bad stuff happening the whole Jack Campbell being sent down to the Bakersfield Condors. By the way, Jack Campbell got lit up the other night, too, against the Coachella Valley Firebirds on Teddy Bear Toss Night. So Jack Campbell not looking too good for the Oilers either. So there's the shakeup in goal when you now have Stuart Skinner and Cal Pickard as your goalies. That's a little different. Then you have the firing of Coach Jay Woodcroft, who I still think he shouldn't have been fired. I mean, yes, Chris Knobloch is a solid choice from the Hartford Wolfpack. And he's a fine coach. I don't know if he's the answer. But I think Jay was given a bad beat there. The Oilers got destroyed the other night. And there was a picture of Connor McDavid looking really pissed off. He looked angry. Not just pissed. He looked angry. And he was going to take it out on someone. Well, he took it out on the Anaheim Ducks because McDavid had not one, not two, not three, not four, five points. Connor McDavid had a five-point night. Oh, and by the way, the Ducks allowed six power play chances for the Edmonton Oilers. Six. Yeah, you're not going to win many games if you're allowing your opponent, especially an opponent like the Oilers, six power play chances you're just asking for trouble right there yeah max jones got to start early he got two goals 
that was it. Two goals in the first six minutes. He was on hat-trick watch the rest of the game. I thought, oh man, like the Ducks could beat Edmonton. This could be the end of the streak. And Max Jones could maybe get a hat-trick. You know, I was, I actually had hope. I mean, you know, how silly of me to have such hope. Because after that, it was all McDavid. After that moment. Because McDavid scored right away. And then he got assist, 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 assist. You get the idea. The final wound up being 8-2 to two in favor of the Edmonton Oilers. And those were good goals too. Zach Hyman got a couple. The dry sidle goal was pretty filthy. Even the RNH goal was a pretty nice one too. McDavid, I'm not going to say McDavid's back. But if there was going to be a game where McDavid was just angry at everybody, this was it. You could tell based on his body language that this was the game that he not only wanted, this was the game he needed. And he just took it out on the Ducks, who have now lost six in a row. So that was the last game a couple nights ago. And now the Ducks are going to face the Vancouver Canucks. How do I think that game will go? And, you know, what else is going on with this team? I'll talk about that on the other side. And now a word from collective.com. Let's say you run a solo small business and you're just by yourself, but you still need a CPA, a bookkeeper, payroll solution, all kinds of other stuff. Well, Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passion, not your paperwork. Let Collective handle all the paperwork you dread, like corporate formation and compliance, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, even payroll. And the best part, it's at a fraction of the cost of a CPA. Collective knows that if your business of one makes over 80 grand a year, you will find the most value from their services. Join the thousands of solopreneurs who have saved an average of 10,000 a year on taxes with their structure. Right now, Collective is offering one month free and no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's a $550 value for free when you go to collective.com slash Locked on NHL, and tell them Locked on NHL sent you. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked on with Jason J.D. Hernandez. Uh, we got a game tonight. The Anaheim Ducks are on the road, still in Canada, against the Vancouver Canucks on this short two-game trip. The Vancouver Canucks right now are one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. They have 29 points. They're 14-7-1. They are third in the Pacific Division. They're right there with Vegas and the Kings. In fact, it's three teams at the top and then a big drop-off after that. Vegas has 31 points. The Kings and Canucks both have 29 points. Both very good teams, both with solid records. And then you have the Flames, Kraken... And then you have the Ducks. The Ducks were third in the division. They were fourth. Then they've fallen below fifth. And now they find themselves sixth in the division. They're inching closer to the Oilers. No, they're they're not going to catch the Sharks. The Sharks are bad. But the Oilers are catching ground on the Ducks. And for another season, the the Ducks could find themselves second to last 
in the Pacific Division. Vancouver is one of the better teams out there right now. They're definitely one of the... I would say one of the better teams as far as drawing penalties because as of right now, they are the second best team as far as drawing penalties. The only team better than them is, of course, the Colorado Avalanche, who are on the power play a lot. Vancouver is also on the power play a lot this season, and I thought it was just me when I saw, oh, Vancouver, they got five power plays here. They got six. I thought it was just me. I thought it was a one-time thing. No, this has been all season long. This is something that Vancouver is very good at. Never mind that Vancouver, ready for this, they're the fourth best team on the power play. They boast a 30% power play rate. The only teams better, the Devils, the Lightning, and the New York Rangers. Lightning are still pretty good. Rangers top team or one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. And the Canucks are right there. 30% power play. Never mind that the power play rate is so high. The fact that they're on so many power play opportunities is part of the reason for their success. So the big thing the Ducks have to do is be disciplined, don't take stupid penalties, and they could be successful. In fact, I'm going to say that's the number one thing to watch for in tonight's game. Will the Ducks take too many penalties? Will the Ducks allow Vancouver all those chances? So that game, once again, tonight at 7 p.m. All right. Other games I mentioned that are coming up. Washington, they got to be careful with that. Then two against the Colorado Avs, a home and home. Yeah, let's, let's, let's be careful about that one, shall we? I'm not saying that they're going to be losses, but let's not bring our hopes up too much because we know how good those teams are. Oh yeah, Washington, by the way, they're up there as well in the standings and Colorado's also up there in the standings. So will this streak continue? Will it go to seven? Will it go to eight? Will it go to nine or 10? I mean, the best chance for a victory is December 7th at Chicago. That's their best chance to break this streak. Hopefully they do it before that. But we shall see. All right. Um, I know I have a bit more to talk about, but we will save that for a future episode. So we're actually going to wrap it up here. But I want to thank you all for your patience. I want to thank you all for your support. And want to give a shout out to the couple of people that came up to me over the weekend at the Junior Reign. Um, one of you actually came up and said, like, I'm a fan of the show. Glad you're feeling better. Glad everything's all right. So just want to thank you so much for coming up and for your support. It's awesome. You're awesome. All right. That's going to do it. If you want to drop me a line, you could do so at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. You could follow me on the site formerly known as Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. I said the email address. You could find us wherever you get your podcasts, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, ad-free on Amazon, also on YouTube, also on SiriusXM, so check us out there. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez, saying have a great rest of the afternoon. Please remember to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together. <laughs>